Hello, and welcome to my podcast, Where the Dark Corners Are. Dark Travels hostess. Tonight, I'm actually being joined by serial killer Sierra and husband Jeff. Only, we're not actually talking about serial killers tonight. In fact, we're kind of going down a a dark hole. Yeah, kind of. A path (laughs) that we really never have taken before. It's a different one, that's for sure. Yes. (laughs) So tonight, we're going to touch on the subject of spontaneous human combustion. Now, if you're not familiar with this, curious is not a sufficient word for this unusual event. Mm. But But the curious part for, to me, is that the concept and the term spontaneous human combustion actually gets established or, you know, first proposed, if you will, in 1746 by a gentleman by the name of Paul Rowley. And he publishes an article in the Philosophical Transaction. And, I mean, this is where he basically coins the term. And he explains that it is a death from a fire basically originating without an apparent external source of ignition. And it is believed that the source or the ignition, the... I guess the ignition of the fire begins within the body. Mm -hmm. And what kills me is, is that this article comes out before we're even a nation. We're talking a solid 25 years before we even break from England. So I mean, the colonists had a lot of things going on and here, this guy is writing this article and it's to me, very, I want to say kinky curious, but not kinky in like a weird. Not the fun way. Right. <laughs> <laughs> in the sexual way. So, again, I just, I and it's, and actually, believe it or not, one of the very first mentioned cases of spontaneous human combustion actually goes, was found in the history books. We're talking Paulinus, Virtuous, he was an Italian knight who lived in the late 1400s, and he was your basic knight. He liked wine, he liked women, he liked singing, and he would consume a you know, consistent amount of strong wine. And apparently one night, things got a little hot, and it was reported that he began to vomit flames. And right then and there, he burst into flames and it was like everyone was like what the fuck <laughs> that's interesting it's crazy Be- vomiting flame correct and i mean we'll kind of get into that because i 
this, the information that I came across was like not a lot, but a lot of them had this consistent story of them vomiting or some sort of flame coming at them or out of the body that was blue. Hmm. And I mean, for uh, Paulinus, okay, <laughs> he was the only guy that had a problem, but he was apparently an alcoholic. And it was like, holy shit, what the hell is this? We got to write this down. Yeah. So, but that's in the history books, but that's not what sparks, I guess, the research. In mm-hmm. fact, your your case mm-hmm. is the one that, I guess, begins the modern day, if you will, you know, 18, 18th century. Yeah. Uh, my case is the one that Paul Rowley actually did the whole like research or whatever on his whole article was about the Countess Cornelia Zangari Bandy. Now I'm that's going, a name. I'm going to butcher all the names okay. all up in this article <laughs> all day. Was she Italian too? I believe so. I mean, the name sounds Italian. I couldn't really, there's not a whole lot of information on her, but I dug up what I could. Well, you know, it's the 1700s. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, unless you're a Medici person, right? Killing people, Catherine. Anyway, sorry. Murder, murder. Uh, so she was born July 20th in 1664 in Longario, Papal States, or State of the Church. It was a series of territories in the Italian peninsula under the direct sovereign rule of the Pope from 756 to 1870. So pretty much Italian. Yeah, basically. To Count Francesco Maria Sangheri and his wife, Margarita, I believe is the name. Okay. She married to a Count Francisco Bandi. She had a whole bunch of kids, including Giovanni Carlo, who became the future cardinal of the Catholic Church. And one of her kids went on to marry a different count and gave birth in 1770, or 1717, sorry, to Giovanni Angelo, future Pope Pius VI. So she had a nice little lineage going on for her. She sure did. (laughs) When one of your kids is the Pope, I I mean, it's not like birthing Jesus, but... Oh, I mean... It's close. Yeah, it's equivalent, I guess. During her last dinner, the 66-year-old countess was seen as dull and heavy. Like, was she zoning out? I don't know. Everything I found was in quotations for dull and heavy. Okay. I don't know if she was just like, did she like overfeed herself and get super tired like you do? Or what? Turkey. Yeah. Turkey. Turkey coma. Yep. Yes. Maybe she had turkey. Hey, I'm 100% down with a turkey coma, okay? (laughs) I do that to myself every year. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Some accounts report that she was a brandy drinker, a heavy brandy drinker, and that she used to sprinkle camphorated brandy on her body to relieve physical pain. So camphor is a waxy, flammable, transparent solid with a very strong aroma. It's actually used for its scent as an embalming fluid, as topical medication, as a manufacturing chemical, and in religious ceremonies. <laughs> so she mixed brandy with she, it and rubbed it all over herself. She put embalming... Basically. All she over drank herself. embalming fluid. No, no, no. She would oh, mix oh. her uh, brandy with it and then rub it on herself. Oh, she, she self-invented a cream. Yeah, for pain. Okay. You know, because Bengay and Icy Hot didn't exist yet. Or cannabis <laughs> um, cream. Yeah. <laughs> Her maid accompanied her. <laughs> Cannabis cream. <laughs> like CBDs, you mean? Or topical, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> her maid accompanied her to her room, and the two spent over three hours chatting and praying. 
The maid left when Cornelia was asleep. Wait, wait, wait. Three hours? Yeah. Crying? Well, back in the day, that's what you did, I guess. I don't know. It's not for me, but... Right. I I can't stand it when people pray for five minutes. Oh, come on. I know. And he claims to be Catholic, everybody. I don't (laughs) actually claim anything. I grew up in a Mormon household. Should we blame your mother for that? Grandma. Oh, okay. I mean, I love Grandma, but... I had to pray every night before dinner. She sat there, stared at the food while she talked. Sometimes I'd sneak. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I didn't do that, Grandma. Don't listen. The next day, when the Countess did not get up at her usual time, the maid went to go wake her and found the remains of the Countess, a pile of ash. The room was full of soot, and the body of the Countess was, again, reduced to a pile of ashes that was little more than about three feet from the bed. Both legs below the knee... That both still had the stockings on, mind you. Three of her fingers and the front part of her skull were all relatively intact. The front part? The front part. So, like, the top part of the skull. Do they think she, like, caught on fire while in mid-step? They're not really sure. She was, like I said, just about three feet from the bed. Basically a pile of ashes with two legs and three fingers sticking out of it. So, the other part of her skull apparently must have burned? Yeah, so like the back part and the chin and like the mandible was burnt and ash and gone. So it was mm, just like the forehead part of the skull. That must have been a hot fire. Yeah. Okay. The bed and the rest of the furniture had not been affected by the fire, but they were all covered by a greasy and smelly layer. There was an oil lamp on the floor that was covered in ashes, but didn't have any oil in it. The way the sheets were found seemed to indicate that the Countess had risen at some point during the night. In Paul Rowley's account... He states that ashes and, like, that weird greasy substance had basically kind of spread throughout the entire room and went into, like, an adjoining kitchen. You know, I kind of wish I had a kitchen attached to my room. Right. I'd probably be twice as fat as I already am, though, but. Okay. Some of the ash <laughs> She's not in. that fat, guys. She's, she's not that fat. I'm chunky. It's okay. Some of the ash went into there and, I, I guess, got on some bread. They attempted to feed the bread to the dogs. The dogs refused to touch it. Oh, God. And who fucking does that to dogs? <laughs> You're assholes. Hey, I, I, I mean, I fully agree with you. That's terrible. What, feeds ash-covered well, bread? Ash-covered bread. Uh, my assumption at this point in time is this grease, this oil, is the melted fatty parts from the yeah. woman's body yeah. exploding everywhere. That is quite disgusting. Yeah. And they said it was very, it had a very, very strong odor to it, and it was extremely difficult to clean. It would just smear. Okay. That sounds gross. The case of Cornelia Zang- uh, Zangiri Bandy is frequently described as spontaneous human combustion. And Charles Dickens, in his preface to Bleak House, writes about the Countess, who he actually misnames, as Countess Cornelia de Bandy Sinet, with regard to the possibility of what is called spontaneous combustion. So the concept has been around for hundreds of years. Yes. Well, at least 300 Right, actually. Right, three hundred and sixty. Fifty, sixty. Yeah. I can't math, so I don't. Yeah, three hundred sixty sounds good. <laughs> oh yeah, eighty, <laughs> almost four hundred. Yeah. If we're, if we're going in, off of Paul here. In twenty years, it'd be four hundred years, wouldn't it? No, no, it's not even three hundred years yet. Well, her case was in. Oh yeah. Supposedly happened in seventeen thirty, I believe. Okay, she so was. almost three hundred years. Almost ago. yes. Yeah. In six years, it'll be three. It'll be three hundred years exactly. Yeah. So. As odd as it sounds, believe it or not, there's been actual documentation. In fact, 
I think you had found some information of of like a collective kind of like a criteria almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of, and it it was fast forwarded a lot of years. It was in 1938. There was an article published in the British Medical Journal, and I didn't write down the who wrote it or who did it, but it listed six criteria that is that are commonly when they when these cases are reported over the last 300 years. Basically, these six things are what each one of those cases had in common with each other. So. The first one is the victims are chronic alcoholics. We just talked about how the countess uh, liked her booze. She yeah. wore the booze. She wore the booze. Yeah. yeah. Not just drank it, wore it. <laughs> Usually elderly females. She was how old? 66, I believe, at the time. Okay. Uh, number three, the, the body has not burned spontaneously, but some lighted substance has come into contact with it. That doesn't make sense to me very much mm-hmm. with this whole spontaneous part. I don't, I, so I don't, I don't really get that, but that's what the article said. Number four, the hands and feet usually fall off. And we talked about how the countess had few fingers legs. and both of her legs mm-hmm. and part of her head. Yeah. And we did talk about number five, which is the fire has caused very little damage to combustible things in contact with the body. So the bed, the floor, the furniture, the, furniture, the oil lamp, yep. the oil lamp, all that stuff wasn't burned. And the, finally, the, the last one, number six, the combustion of the body has left a residue of greasy and fetid ashes with a very offensive odor. Mm-hmm. We talked about that. Which is exactly what you said. Yep. Yep, exactly what you said. So it would seem that alcoholism is like the primary commonality, if you will. Yeah. Common basis. And, you know, one of the things in my most recent episode pertaining to Australia is in one of their mental institutions, they were taking people who had suffered from brain damage from bad alcohol. Mm -hmm. And my thinking is, I mean... Alcohol itself has only been regulated within the last couple of decades. We're not talking. People were home, yeah. you know, doing their colonial, you know, the original Sam Adams brew. <laughs> and who knows what they were fermenting or I'm actually not very familiar with the process of making any form of alcohol. It's not my... I, <laughs> Podcast is my latest jam. I can assure you, I don't have time for <laughs> brewing or stealing. Brewing or, or distilling is not your hobbies. Correct. <laughs> but it is my assumption that because it wasn't regulated and because people kind of just willy-nilly did, and it was something easy to get a hold of, and, and especially this British medical journal gets released in 1938, so we're talking roughly around the time about prohibition i think it gets reappealed a couple decades prior but you know again al capone made his fortune off of bootleg moonshine mm-hmm. so here again and, and this chick chicka boom this countess is smearing <laughs> it all over her body I mean, maybe she really loved the smell maybe that was the camphor flammable did you say that yeah so camphor is a it's a highly flammable so that could have added to, and, and, and booze, adding, brandy is yeah. flammable, Adding I, I grease believe. to the fire. Well, it's alcohol, right? right. Al- yeah. yeah. So to me, the notion of alcoholism being kind of a source makes sense, especially if they're consuming bad alcohol. Mm-hmm. Or just massive quantities. A combo. 
combo. So my story is actually a little more recent, about 60 years ago. It's pertaining to a woman, Mary Reeser, who is 67. So here she's old. And on July 2nd, her landlord had received a telegram on Mary's behalf, and she went to go deliver the telegram. Landlady knocked on her door, and when no one answered, she tried the knob. I mean, we're talking 1951, so yeah. people, you know, social social engagements were a little different back then. Yeah. But to the landlady, the knob was suspiciously hot, like, this doesn't, this shouldn't be hot. Yeah. Granted, it was July, but it was like, no, no, something's not right here. So she calls the police. The police show up, and by the time they get there, it just seemed whatever the fire caused the doorknob to be this hot was completely out, and they find Mary's remains in a chair. Her body had been basically reduced to ash, with the exception of a slippered foot, so you got your body, lower body part, her spine, and her skull. So you got her head. And the thing about her skull, and this was part of the reason why I selected her as the story, her skull actually was shrunk to the size of a teacup. And because it had shrunken to the point of the size of the teacup, it took out her facial features. Yeah. You understand? So... The curious thing on top of everything else, they saw that there was very little fire damage to the rest of the room. A few plastic objects had melted, and I think one of them was like she had like plastic flowers. Mm-hmm. But that was it. It was kind of like a massive, my vision is it was like a massive immediate explosion that exploded and then got sucked back into her body. Yeah, That's kind of how I'm seeing this. Because they didn't even find a whole lot of smoke damage in her room. Hmm. And the thing is, is that in order to melt the human body to ash, okay? We're talking cremation Mm -hmm. heat. It's got to be at least a, a 1,600 degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah. So here, I and they're just, they're looking at one leg, the spine, and the teacup's coal. And, 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 of course, they're like, what the fuck? So they call the FBI in, and they look at everything, and they're like, well, you know, Mary, she was used to using sleeping pills, and perhaps she fell asleep smoking a cigarette. But this was not the most settling. People weren't comfortable with this solution yeah. because it's not possible for a cigarette to create the heat necessary or required to cremate a body well and a fire from a lit cigarette would you'd think spread through the apartment through the whole apartment yeah can can i just ask what the fuck is with the shrunken skull i don't know that's cool though (laughs) i I don't know that that has got like to me that's the the weirdest how the why would her skull shrink you know, and the other thing, too, and because I'm not familiar with the process of cremation, but I wonder if some degree, excuse the pun, if during creation, uh, cremation, the bones shrink. I, mean, I don't know. I don't know I'm either. only speculating. 
Because yeah. aside from her, the chair that she was sitting in was also destroyed. And a lot like the Countess, it was believed that her fat was the fuel that kept the fire burning. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, there was, like, the floor was burnt, the chair was burnt, but that was it. Yeah. And she's in a whole room. Mm-hmm. And whatever heat that was produced was hot enough to heat a doorknob, you know, my assumption is across the room. Mm-hmm. So, you know, here you have all these things about her, like the newspapers, because you know, she's in her chair, so she's got like little tables and stuff, mm-hmm. that didn't catch on fire. Yeah. And. So she was sitting in her chair? Right. She was, the chair was like, she located like in a corner. Did, and so did they find her body parts on the ground or on the chair? Right. Like there was a swoosh and then the body just collapsed onto it. The, the remaining parts, the skull and the leg. Mm-hmm. And, and the spine? Right the spine, it? correct. Mm-hmm. So. Maybe it's Jesus coming back. <laughs> I don't think so. Now all I can no. picture is a tiny little teacup skull just sitting on a chair right, somewhere. <laughs> all I can think about, you said that. <laughs> All I've been thinking about this whole entire time is the movie Beetlejuice. Yeah. And the little guy with the little shrunken skull. And right. The, mm, no, 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 no. The cursed, <laughs> what is it that called? The shrunken head curse? Mm-hmm. That oh, they, man. They find them in, like, you know, weird places. Yeah. I don't really Really dark corners. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shrunken skulls. Yeah. Little shrunken heads. and. <laughs> like, I've been sitting here. That's going through my out. head. So, Yeah. That is, unfortunately, Mary Reeser. All right. Mine's a little more recent. I don't have a lot of information, but I'll tell you what I found. In December of 2010, this guy's name was Michael Fader. Faherty. Faherty? Something like that. Can't be worse than my name. 76 years old. They found him lying face down near an open fire in his living room in Galway, Ireland. And the forensic experts ruled out that the fireplace in his living room caused the fire. So they said, no, it didn't do, that's not what caused the so fire. So that's not the source. Right. So I'm not sure how it got to this, but in the article I read and all the stuff I found, it said the, the court was informed later that there was no trace of accelerant. Like they didn't find any, any gas mm-hmm. or anything, you know. And the coroner said he was sure nobody had come or gone from the residence that night. So he's not a victim of some so he's foul not play. A, right, yeah. right. And the only damage in the house from the fire was his body was burned. And I couldn't, they didn't say whether there was any body parts left or not. I didn't really find that. But So his body was burned and the ceiling above where they found his body and the floor underneath of his body was burned. But nothing else in his living room was, was burned. Just the ceiling, the floor, and his body. Hmm. And there was a pathologist that noted that he did suffer from type 2 diabetes, but he didn't die from a heart failure. Hmm. So, Was he an alcoholic? That's a really good question. I couldn't, I couldn't find that because he doesn't fit the majority of these. Right, he's not. How old That I know he? of. 76. He's old. So he's old, but, but he's, but he's a man. Though. But he's right. a man, and I couldn't figure out if he was an alcoholic or not. That There was, there was only very little information. In fact, everything that I found linked back to one article from an Irish newspaper. And that, you know, that's the kind of curious thing because, 
when I started doing research, it was like just these little blips. Yeah. They're not really in depth. Mm-hmm. And that struck me as very strange and curious. That's my word for the for this episode. <laughs> because they've been writing about this type of event mm-hmm. for hundreds of years. And the people who seem to be a victim of it, there's very little information on them. Yeah. And it surprises me. But, I mean, it is Ireland, and I'm not very familiar. But, like, you know, here in America... You know, fire, we know fire. Oh, yeah. And they're very, I mean, that you get a degree oh, in, yeah. in fire technology. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, the coroner, his name, Dr. McLaughlin, said, this is a quote from him, that the fire was, this fire was thoroughly investigated, and I'm left with the conclusion that this fits into the can- into the category of spontaneous human combustion, for which there is no adequate explanation. So the coroner, a doctor, said he's spontaneous combustion. Now, I'm going to be honest. I'm not 100% sold on this. Mm-hmm. But I can't say that it's not possible because the doctor just said it was. And again, they've been writing about it for hundreds of years. So yeah. yeah. And I think part of the other thing is that there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of witnesses. Mm-hmm. But I did actually come across a very interesting story that happened in England. And that's kind of the cool thing. We've all kind of selected Mm -hmm. stories. You're Italy, you're Ireland. Mine, I believe, was American. Mm -hmm. So this this event, I'm just going to briefly touch on it, happened in 1967. This lady was actually a passenger on a bus. And as she was, you know, staring out the window, probably thinking about this, that, and the other, she sees blue flames coming out of the window of an apartment building hallway. And she actually thinks it's some sort of gas scenario going on. Mm -hmm. She calls, well, we would say the fire department, but they call it the fire brigade. Yeah. And so they go in and they find the body of a gentleman by the name of Robert Francis Bailey, who was a homeless man. And what they find is that Mr. Bailey had like a four-inch slit across his abdomen, which they actually saw blue flames coming out of. Hmm. And he was like curled up, and I think he was around like a pole. And, I mean... So they saw him burning from the inside. This, right, coming out of this gut slice that's creepy huh and i I find it interesting that it's blue flames too because those burn hotter and brighter correct Hmm. that's interesting so so that's where the if that's the case that's where your cremation temperatures come from blue flames are way hotter Mm -hmm. did i see the color of what the night was he blue flames well he vomited flames yeah it just that to me, he, hmm. this is like the first and only case where there was witnesses. Yeah, and everyone was like, "Shit, it must be the wine." Stop drinking the wine, but it wasn't the wine. <laughs> <laughs> Who the fuck made this wine? What happened here? Why? Instead so, of a fire-breathing dragon, it's a fire-breathing knight. Correct. That's exi- exactly. <laughs> he didn't make it. So, and this this type of unusual, strange, unusual occurrences has always kind of baffled me. And it's kind of like, 
almost like the Dolotov past. You want to solve it. I mean, mm-hmm. but there are no witnesses. Yeah. Minus Apollonus. Well, and even like, you know, a medical doctor stated that, you know, there's no explanation Viable. for spontaneous human combustion. Right, right. <laughs> it, that's, it's the weirdest. I, I'm just weird. Yeah. Just right. Makes you go, hmm. It's very interesting. Correct. It's one of those <laughs> to, to quote, the, you know, Arsenio Hall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that is what we have for you guys tonight. On to business. Uh, Facebook, Facebook, Facebook. We have a Facebook page where the dark corners are. So, you know, if you want to see some weird, creepy things or share some weird, creepy articles, go ahead and join that Facebook page. And if you have any, like, weird things that you want us to cover, go ahead and send it to that Facebook page or to the Gmail account. Which is where the dark corners are at gmail.com. Final thoughts, husband Jeff. Yeah, this is weird. But I think a a very cool topic. Oh, I know. It's great. It's just, it's probably the weirdest one I've ever done. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Final thoughts, serial killers with Sierra. These bitches on fire. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God, you did not. (laughs) I had to. It needed to be done. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Hunger Games, y'all. Hunger Games. (laughs) Okay. So, until next time, please remember... Only the few can find the beauty in the darkness, which is why we hope to meet you where the dark corners are. Mm